a door, like a door, like we walked through to get into the church today, a door is a powerful symbol. In fact, doors are such powerful symbols that they often appear in songs and music. So we can probably think of some songs that talk about doors, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, which I think was Bob Dylan originally. And there's another song from Frozen. Um, what is this song again? Someone help me here. Love is an open door. I've only watched it 10 times or so, so I should remember it better. But we have all these doors, images of doors. So doors are a powerful symbol. A closed door can make us feel kind of left out or excluded, whereas an open door can make us feel welcome, that we can enter into something. They're powerful symbols. In the gospel today, Jesus is stopped once again and is asked an important question. Lord, are only few being saved? And this question could be rephrased in different ways. Are many people being liberated here and now? Are many people able to become a part of God's family, to enjoy God's life? And in response to this question, Jesus begins picking up on this theme or imagery of doors in a big way. Jesus in the gospel talks about a lot of different kinds of doors. A narrow door, doors that seem to be slammed shut, and towards the end of the gospel, many doors that are flung open with people streaming in from east and from west. So in order to better understand then Jesus's response to this question, are many being saved? Let's dig a little bit deeper into this symbolism of doors. First, as the gospel makes clear, there's a bit of a perennial temptation to want to close the door to certain people, to want to prevent certain people from accessing God's mercy or God's love, to kind of shut people out, to say we on the inside enjoy God's love and grace, but those other people, those other groups cannot. This is a temptation at Jesus's time, and even today, I think. At Jesus's time, the question of who is being saved was a very, very active question. People would debate, are many people being saved? Can many people be a part of God's covenant? Can it only be Jewish people? Or can Gentiles also be a part of God's covenant? Can all Jews be saved or only certain groups? And you found at Jesus's time, diverse viewpoints. Some people had a more open, expansive view that would be found from the first reading from Isaiah today, where Isaiah has this vision where many, many nations are coming to worship the God of Israel, and even some are, are serving in the temple as priests, a very expansive, almost kind of open viewpoint. Others were more closed in their views. We know from the Dead Sea Scrolls, the community at Qumran, who was active around Jesus's time, that they saw only certain communities within Judaism as being saved. So there's a temptation to shut the door to certain people. And we too, I think, can do the same today. A few years ago in 2020, Pope Francis published a document called Fratelli Tutti, which can be translated as, we're all brothers and sisters. And in this document, Pope Francis identified what is kind of a difficult problem we face today in various areas of society. And that is polarization, how we can see our group as the good group and anybody in other groups can be seen as bad. For example, you have political divides between liberals and conservatives and whichever you see yourself as perhaps you see your group as a good one and everyone else as not so good. And when this polarization infects or kind of gets into our church, it can be a very difficult thing. We can think perhaps, you know, we're Catholic, that's great. But God is not active outside the church. 
Or we could think, okay, only my group within the church is the correct one, the good one. Everybody else, not so much. So we can all have this temptation then to close doors to people, to shut off God's grace, God's mercy, God's goodness from other people. Jesus in the gospel, however, challenges this way of thinking very strongly and shows that God's salvation, God's grace, is open and accessible to all. And we see this quite clearly at the end of the gospel where Jesus talks about all these doors being open and people streaming in from the east and the west to enter God's kingdom. God's salvation is available to all, Jews and Gentiles alike. God is generous, God is merciful. The doors are wide open and we can walk through them. And Jesus even goes further than this. At the end of the gospel, he says, some who are last shall be first and some who are first shall be last. So he's saying in other words that our expectations about who will be saved are not God's expectations sometimes. We might be quite surprised when we get to heaven who we see there. Maybe people who we wanted to shut the door to, to God's mercy and grace, will be coming in in front of us. So maybe you heard the story about the priest and the taxi driver who die at the same time and come to St. Peter at the pearly gates. And St. Peter, he greets the priest and he greets the taxi driver at the pearly gates and he guides the priest and the taxi driver to their eternal home in heaven. And St. Peter first leads the taxi driver to a place which is a beautiful villa, really a mansion. And he says to the taxi driver, you know, because of your life on earth, this is where you will live. You'll live here in this mansion. And the taxi driver says to St. Peter, you know, thank you so much for this. This is just wonderful, beyond my expectations. And the priest, when he saw this, was getting pretty excited because he thought, okay, if the taxi driver is going to get this, I'm going to get something good. So then he leads him somewhere else and basically to a very small one-bedroom apartment. And the priest is sort of like, St. Peter, what's going on here, right? You know, like, I've been serving God my whole life. All I get is this small apartment, and the taxi driver gets this huge mansion, this huge villa. And St. Peter responds to him, he says to the priest, you know, here we care about results. So when you were preaching, people were sleeping. But when he was driving, people were praying. So anyway, I like this story. It's a bit silly. But it shows us ultimately sometimes that God's way of thinking is not our way of thinking. And Jesus wants us to recognize this in the gospel. God's salvation, the doors of salvation are open to all. And sometimes people who are entering are not those who we expect. Ultimately, in the gospel, Jesus wants us to focus on the fact that we need to work to walk through that door to get to salvation. Jesus wants us to stop looking and judging other people and rather to focus on ourselves. So Jesus, oftentimes what he does in the gospel is when he's asked a theoretical question, he makes it very, very practical. So when people ask him in the gospel today, are a few being saved? Perhaps what they were expecting is for Jesus to answer like this. Yeah, a few are being saved. Let me tell you who. You see that group over there? They're good. That background, they're good. That group over there, not so much. But Jesus wants people to stop looking at others and judging others and to focus on themselves. God's salvation is a gift that's freely offered to all. We need to kind of embrace that gift, focus on our own behavior to walk through that door which Jesus calls a narrow door, which means that we have to kind of do something to walk through it. It's not our background that matters when it comes to if we're saved, but rather our behavior. Are we behaving with the love of Christ, loving God and loving neighbor? So Jesus ultimately in the gospel is not trying to answer a theoretical question, 
but is trying to make things very, very practical, bring it down to earth. He wants to focus on, on making sure that we accept this gift of salvation and not judge other people. I'd like to talk about one more door, if I may. This is a door that exists in real life. There's a famous door to enter the Basilica of the Nativity in Bethlehem, this church that's built on the place where people believe that Jesus was born. And this door is interesting because it's a low door. So to walk through the door, you have to stoop, kind of got to bend down low. Everybody can get through the door, but you have to kind of stoop to get through it. Historically, this door was probably built like this so that people couldn't enter the Basilica on horseback. But as time has gone on, this door has been given sort of an allegorical or a metaphorical message that really communicates what Jesus is getting to in the gospel. Ultimately, Jesus is saying that the doors of salvation are open to all, but we need to accept that gift in our lives by the way that we behave. We need to stoop down. We need to get through the door to be humble, to recognize God's goodness in our life, and ultimately to follow Jesus. So today we give thanks to God for this gift of salvation, and once again, embrace this invitation from Christ to walk through this door of salvation that is offered to us to pass through it by our way of behavior and life.